Well, good morning, everybody. Well, that wasn't bad. I'll try it one more time. Good morning, everybody. Dave, you didn't say good morning. Good morning, Dave. Thank you. Just, you got to fall in line, Dave. Come on. (laughs) Wow, now everybody's nervous that I'm going to call them out, but don't worry. Dave's my friend. Uh, My name is Gil. Gil Clausen and uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife Allison and I, we've been members here for over 25 years, and uh, I get the privilege of just bringing the word here today, and uh, I want to share a little bit of my heart, uh, but I think I have a picture first. There's a picture of my family, maybe it's coming up pretty quick, but for those of you that don't know me, uh, I've been involved working with Youth for Christ for the past 29 years, and it's been great. Uh, We got here in January of 1988, and uh, my wife and I have four kids of our own, and then we also have two married children, so that gives us a total of six, and uh, it's just, uh, it's been amazing. And for those of you who do not know, uh, maybe you've heard, but we've just resigned from Youth for Christ, and uh, we'll be leaving, we're, we're finishing our time there in June. And actually, we've started up with a ministry called Camp Oshkadi. So many of you will have heard of Camp Oshkadi. It's a really cool experience and a cool camp just north of Meadow Lake. And we're just really excited to be able to build into family ministry and stuff like that. And uh, part of the reason that uh, I decided or we determined like God was leading us to leave Youth for Christ isn't because we don't believe in the ministry of Youth for Christ Actually, to the contrary, I believe firmly in the ministry of Youth for Christ. And actually, right now, uh, one of the great things that we do is California Breakaway. And three buses are just coming back from a trip in California. I was just looking at the reports last night, and I don't have all the numbers, but there is like a good number of students, high school students on this trip, who decided they wanted to follow Jesus. And we're just rejoicing. There's a whole pile of others that they want to get connected in with a youth group. So uh, um, we are firmly committed to the ministry of Youth for Christ, and I believe that the new leadership that emerges out is going to take Youth for Christ to even greater and better ministry. Uh, But coupled with that, we just really felt like um, the importance of family ministry. Like, the family is at attack all over the place, and if there's one thing that I've seen in Youth for Christ, it's the importance of family. A lot of the young people that we're working with... um, there's breakdown, family breakdown, family problems. And so one of the things that we're really encouraged with is to be able to come alongside a ministry that ministers to family, and we just get to help that out. And it's just so much fun. And if you don't know anything about Youth for Christ or Camp Oshkadi, you can just search it out on the web, find us. Uh, we're all over the place. Uh, and if you want to get involved, you can come speak to me. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to know more about our story and what's going on, I do have some newsletters, and they're back at the info booth, or they're back at the missions display there, and, you know, you can either come talk to me or or something else. Are we up? We're not up yet. Uh, I do have slides, so I'm hoping they're going to come up. (laughs) There we go. Perfect. There's my lovely family, Um, so they're great. But anyways, I'm not here to talk about my life and my family, so to speak, but let's, let's... talk about God a little bit. And uh, the theme today that I want to talk about is seeing God in our ups and downs. 
So if you want to go to the next slide, seeing God in our ups and downs, and just the thought of about how do we see God work in our lives. And uh, that's the, actually the Greek word for theos, which means God. And uh, it basically, it just refers to the God of origin, the God that created everything, and the God that sustains everything. And it occurs thousands of times in the New Testament. So I just thought it looked pretty cool, so I put it up there. Let's uh, just pause for prayer for a minute. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are the creator God. I thank you that you have your Holy Spirit who is here speaking to us and working in our lives. And that we have the Son, Jesus, who died for our sins and came to give us new life. I just pray that your spirit would guide us into truth here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if th- there's one thing about me that I really like, and that's sitting in the front row. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who sits in the back row for leaving me room to sit in the front row. Because I love being in the front. I love being close to the action and being you know, able to experience what's going on. And there's a, quite a few years ago... Uh, my oldest boy, Kurt, and I, we went to an Oilers game. And, you know, the Oilers won last night. Yay. But uh, so we went to the Oilers game. And unfortunately, I can only afford the cheap seats. So, like, we were sitting way up in the cheap seats. And in the first period, I looked down. And right on the ice level, there was two seats that were open. Like, they were calling my name. And so during the second period, you know, they were empty. So we just waited during the second period just to make sure that, you know, nobody's sitting there. And then we just like quietly went down during the intermission and sat in those seats. And it was fabulous. Like we were right. Like the glass was right there. We had like people, like the players, when they hit on the boards, they were right in our faces. It was so cool. It was amazing. That's why I like the front row. Um, But then, of course, you know, partway through the second period, you know what happened. One of the ushers came down and they said, uh, excuse me, sir, can I see your ticket? And so we showed them the ticket and, oh yeah, okay, your tickets are actually up there. Uh, these aren't your seats. And so, you know, the, yeah, the next period we went up to the, our regular seats, but we enjoyed, you know, the front row for a short time. So for those of you who sit in the back, thank you for allowing me to sit in the front row. And it's amazing After 25 years of sitting here, okay, not once has an usher come up to me and said, "Uh, excuse me, can I, excuse me, no, you're supposed to be back there, yeah, you go back there. So anyways, um, but how do we see God work in our lives in the ups and the downs with the ebbs and the flows? And one of my friends just a couple weeks ago just phoned me, he was on his way to Calgary, And he just said, he was just bursting. He's going, Gil, I just got to tell you this God story. It's just amazing. And so what happened was, it was his mom's birthday, 75th birthday, actually, I believe. And she lives in Calgary. He lives here. And he wasn't able to go see her. So he was just, you know, going to give her a happy birthday call and stuff like that. And it just wasn't really good. But then what happened that morning was, he got a call, and he actually got through work. He had to make a delivery to Calgary. 
So he was on his way to Calgary, and he's just going, Gil, I just knew that you would appreciate this God story. Like, it's just amazing. I'm getting paid to go to Calgary, and tonight I get to phone my mom and say, hey, mom, I'm here. Let's go for supper. It's so cool. And to me, what was really cool is that my friend Daryl was able to recognize that this just wasn't a coincidence, that this was God working in his life, blessing him. And you know what? God is working in our lives all the time, in all sorts of ways like this. But if I can be honest, and I think you want me to, God doesn't always answer our prayers the way we want. Uh, Sometimes, you know, it's great to celebrate when things are going good and God answers the way we want. But what do we do when God doesn't answer the way we want? With how we pray. How do we deal with that? And, you know, Recently, you know, much has been said a little bit about this young lady, Caitlin Craig. And I have a picture of Caitlin. And I first met Caitlin about four years ago. We went to her school, and she wanted to come and do an internship with Youth for Christ. And she loved hockey, and she loved working with youth. And we just, her professor just thought this would be a really good fit. And so Caitlin Craig came and worked with us for a year for uh, Youth for Christ, about four years ago. And then through that, she was involved in our hockey league, ministering to inner-city hockey kids, uh, inner-city hockey boys and girls through her ministry. She went on the California trip and was amazing on the California trip. And through all this, she got connected with Chandra and other people here who are connected with uh, Camp Kadesh. So last summer, she was up at Camp Kadesh. And if you know her story, in February, she was diagnosed with an aggressive cancer. And just two weeks ago in April, God took her. And uh, I just have to say, like, Chandra was such a blessing. Chandra and a few of the other people that gathered around her, they were the hands and feet to Jesus, of Jesus to, to Caitlin during this time. And it was amazing to see how they ministered to her. And I was up there in the room. I was up there with Chan and some of the other people and some of the other pastors. And we were there with the oil and we anointed her with oil and we prayed for healing. And we prayed for healing here on earth, that God would take the cancer and and give her life here on earth. And God didn't answer that prayer. And I don't know, I'm sure everybody here has prayed something to God and said, God, can you do this? And God didn't answer the prayer. Uh, This first happened to me back when I was about 16 years old. And one of my best friends, his name was Dallas. And this is an old, old picture of Dallas and his three sisters. And we were like best friends. And when he was 16 years old, he was killed in a car accident instantly. They were driving to Manitoba. He was on a Bible quizzing team, and they were going there to to quiz. And uh, he was really good. And the thing about Dallas and I, one thing that was similar is we both worked on the farm in the summer, different farms. The difference is, when I was working on the farm, it was more about life about Gil. But when Dallas was, you know, I'd be listening to the radio and just chilling out and doing whatever I need to do. And Dallas, when he was driving the tractor, he was memorizing scripture. And he had memorized all sorts of scripture. He was so good. And why? Why would God take Dallas because he had his whole future ahead of him you know God why didn't you take me like I wasn't really living for you I was living for Gil you know 
Just think of all the things that Dallas could have done. And I don't know. Why does God allow stuff like that to happen? And I don't know if you guys have those questions. I think you probably do. So today I just want to explain a little bit what I think about all this. And mostly from Scripture. See, one of the verses, one of the words that grounds my philosophy and thought about life is the words that Jesus said in John 10, verse 10. And in John 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly, or have it to the full. And this morning, I would like us to look at that that difference. Satan the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to give life. And the thing is that, the weird thing is, is that Satan steals, kills, and destroys, and he wrecks the life. And then at the same time, he gets us to question God and say, God, why did you allow this to happen? So not only is Satan stealing, killing, and destroying, but he's getting us to question God and say, God, what's up with this? Like, why would you do this? And the truth is, is that God brings life. And so uh, for the last couple months here at Forest Grove, we've been walking through the book of Romans a little bit. And uh, instead of diving into a specific passage in Romans, I just wanted to take a step back. And something that I've learned years ago was this thing called the Romans Road. I'm just curious. Raise your hand. If you have heard of the Romans Road, anybody? I was thinking probably about half. Yeah, so basically what the Romans Road is, it's, it's a collection of scriptures from the book of Romans that tells God's story, and tells his story of salvation and redemption for us. And so this morning, I would like to look at the truth in those scriptures and how it relates to how we see God in the ups and downs of life. And I'd like you to, as we walk through these scriptures, there's a few things you can do. First of all, you can remember them, because this is a really nice uh, package of verses. If you want to, you know, share God's story with somebody, these are the go-to verses, really. But secondly, I'd like you to look at this this contrast. John 10.10, the thief Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God came to life. Satan wants to destroy. Jesus brings life. That's what this message is all about. And it all starts in Romans 3.23. And I just have some graphics here because I kind of like think visually. So Romans 3.23 just says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I I know most of you will have heard this verse, but look at the contrast there. First of all, all have sinned. Okay, so that's all of us. Everybody has sinned. But the contrast is, sin is death. But we fall short of what? We fall short of the glory of God, or God's glorious ideal, or his glorious plan for us. So you got sin on one hand, and you got God's glorious plan for our lives on the other. The next go-to verse is Romans 6.23. And uh, Romans 6.23 just simply says, the first part, the uh, wages of sin is death, or the result of sin is death. And this is the truth. We've all sinned. God's glorious ideal when he created mankind, when he created the world, it was good. But when we sinned, when Adam and Eve brought sin into the world, things changed. It's now a broken world. It brought death, both physically, spiritually, our connection with God. So 
the wages of sin, the penalty of sin, the result of all of the sin is death. We live in a broken world. It's just the truth of the matter. But there is good news. And uh, I don't know. I have this gift here that I would like to give to somebody today. So it's here. Whoever would like this gift, just come and grab it. Come and take it. I know, they took all the kids out. You know, the kids are always the first people there. Like, okay, so taking it off my hand might be a little... Well, I'll step back, so you know. There's no trick here. If anybody would like this gift, just come and get it. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Give him a hand. That was good. Okay, just wait, wait, wait. Turn around. You can't just take it. You've got to open it, right? Everybody's curious. Show everybody what's inside. Like, turn around. I know what's in there, but... Turn around and show everybody. There's chocolates, yeah, chocolates. You, uh, absolutely. Take them, share them with your friends if you want. Uh, thank you for having the guts to come up on the stage and accept this gift. Uh, it's, it's good chocolate. It's all good. It's, it's really good. Chocolate mints. Like, who doesn't like chocolate mints? Seriously. Of course, if you know Romans 6.23, you know exactly what's going on here, right? So the second part of Romans 6.23 is far beyond a gift of chocolate, but God gives us this gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the good news. So even though we've all sinned, even though the result of sin is death, God, God's plan is not about death, but it's about life. And it's about life here on earth, but it's also about eternal life. And so, how do we receive this gift? What is is this gift? And that's the next verse. And it's what Easter story is all about. Romans 5, verse 8. I'm sure the font is a little bit uh, small there, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, I don't think I need to dive into this a whole lot more. We've just been through the Easter season. It's what the Easter season is all about. But the truth is is that God loved us so much, and his plan was not for death. His plan was for life, that he sent his only son here to die on our behalf. And that's the good news. That's the free gift. So how do we receive this free gift? To this, we just go to Romans 10, verse 9. And it says this, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, I have it here in a couple of other versions. Um, Here's the New American Standard Version. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So, just like we have to, God has given us this gift. And the gift is sitting there for us. But we have to receive it. And we, we receive it by confessing that we're sinners, proclaiming that we believe in Jesus, that he died, from, died for our sins, and that he was raised again, and that we, we want to change. We want to turn from our life from death to life. And you do that by just accepting it and asking God for forgiveness. And that's in a nutshell, kind of what is called the Romans Road. Those 
those collection of verses that tell the God story, the overall picture of God's story. But I want to talk about a couple of other verses too that continue to tell God's story. And Pastor Bruce talked a little bit about this last week, Romans 8, verse 38 and 39, which says that I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a big mouthful that basically says nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. And I don't know where you're at today, but I know that we're not here by coincidence. We're all here for a reason. I got asked to speak here for a reason. You're here for a reason. I believe it's because God is drawing all of us from death to life. And there might be somebody here who needs to experience that for the first time today. And if that's so, then this whole service is for you. Because Jesus died for you. And he wants you to move from life to death. From death to life, sorry. And nothing is going to separate us from this love. And there's one final verse that I would like just to talk about for a few minutes and spend a few moments, and that's Romans 8, 28. And this is the verse that really talks about God bringing life from death. And Romans 8, 28 simply says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. A New American Standard Version says it like this, And we know that God causes all things to work together to the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. The way I like to look at this verse is kind of simply like this. Satan, our enemy, wants to bring death. And he brings all these things into our lives. But God in his glory, he likes to twist those things that Satan meant for bad. He twists them into good. He takes what the enemy meant for evil and he twists it for good. For our good and for God's glory. And sometimes I know as, you know, as Christians we take this verse and we kind of slap it on like a little band-aid sometime like somebody's going through some trouble. Well, don't worry, you know, God works everything for the good and it's like, here, take this band-aid and, you know, this is more than just a band-aid. This is truth. And sometimes this truth takes time to sink in or whatever. But the truth is there that the enemy is the one that brings death and destruction. But God brings life. And God brings life out of the damage and sometimes through the damage that Satan inflicts. It doesn't always mean that he heals all the damage because we know that's not true. But he brings good things out of the bad. It's the story of God throughout the whole Bible. Back to my friend Dallas. He was killed when he was 16 years old. Um, you know, and for years, you know, we were really good friends, and for years, you know, I'd go meet their family and stuff, and it was always like every time her mom saw me, she kind of saw Dallas. And uh, he had a farm, as I said, and one of the cool stories that came out of Dallas 
was that his farm was turned into a camp, and it's now called Dallas Valley Ranch Camp, and probably some of you have heard of it. And every summer, thousands of kids go there, and they experience God. And this is something that God brought out of the Dallas situation. Did it stop the pain that his family went through? No, they still felt a lot of pain, and they felt a lot of sorrow, and they felt a lot of hurt. But they were able to recognize some of the good that God was able to bring out of the bad. With Caitlin and her story, uh, this picture is actually a picture of her arm and her tattoo. So a couple years ago, she got that tattoo, which simply means God is greater than your ups and downs or your highs and lows. And this was kind of her anthem. This was her theme for like a few months of her life. And just over like a week and a half ago, there was a funeral service here that Chan led just wonderfully. And this whole bottom area was filled with young people who she had impacted. And Caitlin had had a tremendous impact in hundreds of kids in just 23 years of her life. And I honestly don't know the end story of what God is doing through this experience and through her. I know God is working in a number of people. And God is working in the rest of her family. And God is working through countless of other people. But God is able to work in this situation. And I believe that it's Satan that brings the destruction. He brings the death. And God looks for ways to bring life out of those situations. Uh, There's actually a guy coming here this week. Jason's his name. If you know, there's a couple of boys a year and a bit ago killed in the Olympic Park um, in a tragic accident. And uh, their dad is here. And I'm going to be taking him to a couple of schools here on Friday. And he's going to be sharing the story and bringing hope out of a painful situation. He's also going to be at the uh, Saskatoon Prayer Breakfast next Saturday morning. And if you don't have a ticket, I think you can still get some tickets to go hear his story. But here's going to be another story of how God is bringing something good out of something that Satan meant for harm. So just as I close things out here, uh, the worship team is going to come up here. and But... I don't know where exactly you're at this morning, but uh, I have another gift. Actually, it's not my gift. Go ahead. This represents the gift that God has. So I'm not giving it to anybody. In fact, I'm just going to go up here by the cross. Because that's the gift that God has for everybody here. But God just doesn't take the gift and, and just like transfuse it into you. You have to receive it. You have to actually come up here, metaphorically speaking, and take the gift. And so there could be some people here who have heard this story thousands of times, but you've actually never received the gift that God has for you. And today is your day. Today is the day that you can receive the gift. It's just simple. You just need to say to God, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that Jesus came here to forgive me of these sins, and and I accept that. I believe you. And I want to change from death to life. You pray that to God. That's receiving his gift.
And there's nothing greater that God can give you than that gift. So I just would encourage you as I pray that maybe you want to pray those words. But secondly, maybe there's other people here, and you've, you've prayed this, you're committed to God, but there's life situations going on, and you're just like, God, where are you in this? Because I don't see you. And if you could also receive the gift that God has, that Satan's the one that wants to bring death, God's the one that wants to bring life. And as hard as it sometimes is, you, just, you need to trust in God. And so maybe this morning you just need to say to God again, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I trust you. With the same kind of trust that Job in the Bible said, even though he will slay me, even though God slays me, I will still trust in him because I know who the character of God is. And God is good all the time. Let me pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your scripture that leads us into truth, that doesn't skirt around hard and tough issues, but guides us into all truth. So, Father, if there's somebody here who just needs to receive the gift of salvation today, I just pray that right now you would prompt them to say those words. And then, Father, I just pray there's some people here today that they're just questioning you not sure like why you're letting this happen in their life. What's going on? I just pray that they would be able to trust in you in a new way. That even though they can't see through the tunnel, through the pain, through whatever's going on, that they will trust your promise that you bring life. God, I thank you so much for this church has a long history of leading people to you and guiding people to you. And as we just continue on here in, in celebration, as we pray and as we sing and as we just hear what's going on, I just pray that you would guide us in this truth. In Jesus' name, amen.